Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 92. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Well, hey there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter. My name is Christy, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me today. I am going to talk to you about um, some things that I have learned along my little six-month odyssey here today. And so before I did that, I wanted to let you know that if you need a website for any reason whatsoever... You can absolutely use the same hosting services that I use and get great results from. Simply go to brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. Once you do that, put in the URL or the web address you want. Go and see if it's available. If it is and you buy it, I will go ahead and send you a cheat sheet for some plugins to help get you started. Because uh, plugins, there's absolutely hundreds of thousands of plugins that you could start your website with. And it's a little bit of a sticky wicket to try to figure out which ones you want to do, which ones you shouldn't do, which ones conflict with each other. So I'll give you some pointers on getting started, getting what you need to make sure you are user-friendly, found by the search engines, and kind of hidden from your spam people, the robots. So we'll uh, get you started. So brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website. Go there and it will get you started. Don't let your website be a barrier for your business. So along this journey that I've been on learning um, about how to set up a local business and not even just a local business, but a business in a tourist area, has been, I mean, it's been a great learning experience, but it also has been the most frustrating and really the most stressful time in my life. And some people might say, oh, girl, I'm not feeling sorry for you down there in Key West, struggling along. It's what you chose. And yes, it is. But the interesting thing is whenever you're used to working for someone else and getting a paycheck, you walk in from day one, you start making money. And then every two weeks you get a paycheck. You get benefits. You get all those other things. Now, when you start a business on your own, you don't know when you're going to make money. You put out all this money before you even make money. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the lessons I've learned. You might be thinking about opening up a local business. You, you really could be. Um, in a tourist area and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what I would have done differently Um, as I look back I really thought that I had done my research and my research was not scientific at all and if I had a choice again I probably need to head in the scientific direction but let me tell you about like what I did before I started I did all my research online I researched what it would take to get licensed and to go through the process of jumping through the hoops. I had that all down pat, so I kind of knew what I was dealing with. I kind of knew what the expectations would be, and so I had prepared for that. And I had visited the pier where I'm set up. I had visited that several times to kind of see the environment, and I'd actually bought several people's products to kind of see because it gave me a way to stand there and watch how they made their product how they did it and even then while I was standing there I would try to talk to them a little bit and I would ask them questions like you know um, have you been down here long Uh, where do you keep your cart do you keep your cart down here you know and just try to ask questions that you know that could get them talking a little bit about their experience but here's some things that I didn't 
didn't do. And if I had to go back and do over again, um, I would have researched and talked to many more people in Key West about the specific season. I assumed that since it was a tropical paradise and a subtropical climate, that it would be tourists all year long. And don't get me wrong, there are tourists all year long. But just like with anything, there are times when those volumes of tourists are much higher than other times. And so I would have been very specific about what is what is your off season. I didn't realize Key West had an off season, completely naive on my part. Um, and even in the off season, you know, everyone knows it's the off season that's here. And so Places that are established, like hotels and restaurants and and that sort of thing that are here all year long, they lower their rates during that time to try to get more people to come. But because it's off-season, it is cheaper to come. And so I didn't realize that there was an off-season. So stupid me, right? So I would have researched that more. I would have talked to people more. And then the other thing that I would have done, and this is going to be multifaceted because I would have surveyed the pier better and just, I don't want to say been a lurker, but I would have, I would have hung out more. And by hung out, hang out, I mean, uh, I showed up down there with a purpose. In other words, some of the things that I should have done um, and the mistakes that I made is I grossly overestimated the amount of customers that an average food vendor sees every single night. Now, I had been there and been down on the pier during some of the the tourist uh, season times. And I would just, you know, if you see a line somewhere, you assume that that's the way it is all night long. And so then whenever you think about your own business and you think, I just need 30 people, I just need 30 people. Well, just because there's a line somewhere right now doesn't mean that line stays steady all night long. And so what I would have done is from start to finish, I would have gone down to the pier And I would have manually clocked and counted how many customers. I mean, I should have gone to what I would have thought was the busiest booth at the the venue. And I should have sat there all night long, not at the booth, but where I could see it, and focused on nothing but counting customers and seeing how many customers they served in a night. And letting that, and and I I could have done it with multiple vendors on multiple nights. I could have taken somebody with me and said, you count that booth, I'm counting this booth. And I could have definitely gotten a really good idea of how many customers the long-term busy people see every single night. Now, this would have helped me in multiple ways. It would have helped me, number one, when I was starting out in my ordering. Um, I, I ordered way too much product, being overly optimistic. That's the problem when the glass is always half full, is that you're overly optimistic about everything, and then you continue to overorder. And overing order, oh, mm, I can't even say it, overordering on some things is not a problem because it's either not perishable or you're able to store it or, or that sort of thing. But overordering on other things means you have just thrown money away. And when you're starting a business, you don't have money to do that. So I would have gone down and I would have um, done essentially a traffic study of what, um, what was going on with the food vendors. And I would have noticed and seen, I, I could have even kept track of the time frames. 
you know, and I could have drawn out a timeline, you know, if the sunset was from 4.30 to 7 or 4.30 to 7.30, I could have drawn out a timeline in 30-minute intervals or 15-minute intervals, and I could have clocked how many, and I would have seen the the ebbs and flows and the, the um, high spots and the low spots. I, you know, there's so many ways you could have collect, you could collect this data. And this is not just something that can be done in a tourist area. It might be that you and your business are looking at a particular location. Maybe you're thinking this spot is going to be perfect for me because I like the building. I like my neighbors. I like um, how the, the building is set up. I like the price and all that. Well, then you know what you need to do? Go and start doing a traffic study. How much traffic goes by the road in front of you? Not just that, but if you're in a place, a shopping center or something else, look at how, how many cars are pulling in. You know, because if you're in a location where you're attached to other buildings, you can, you can draft off some of their traffic. Is there much traffic coming in? Is it a dead kind of a dead area are there a lot of vacant buildings I mean you can do all these things I mean this would be what I would consider like um, investigative type work you know figure it out before you commit to the long haul I would have done that I would have gone down and and the other part that I would have done and at before I even started um my move down here I was communicating by email with the Sunset Celebration organization and I had asked questions that were very naive questions to ask uh, you know thinking that I was getting correct information and it wasn't that they gave me incorrect information at all but what happened was I ended up um talking to the organization and I was you know asking them about the products that I could potentially jury in and do we have this and do they have that do they have the other and they you know would give me some feedback on that and you know give me some warnings of not to invest a lot of money in a cart before I had my items approved so that told me that I needed to get my items approved first so I did that in retrospect what I should have done was ask questions like what types of products have been successful in the past but aren't there right now what types of products are people that are down there wanting that aren't there right now do you know of a food vendor that would be willing to talk to me and help me through this process all of those are things I should have asked, but I didn't. Instead, I asked questions like, you know, what product, you know, telling them what products I could bring. Um, also, I asked questions like, well, how much money can you make down there? It's a very naive question. I mean, how, how much is a um, relative, subjective thing? And it's interesting uh, that even once you're down there, how much depends on the time of year it depends on the day of the week it depends on who's in town and what's in town there's a lot you know you can't answer how much it's like saying how much should a car cost well (laughs) how much should it cost it depends on what you get it depends on what you're driving it depends on what your budget is I mean it depends there's so many factors and variables no one can answer that question so I wasn't asking the right questions so 
in retrospect, like I said, I would go down and do my own traffic study. I would also look and look on a, a daily basis. I would have needed to go down there more than once. In fact, I should have really camped out down there. I should have. I should have gone down every single weekend. I should have had specific things that I was looking to, co- to collect or to accomplish after being down there. In other words, you know, did I have an idea of exactly what food vendors were there consistently? Because that will tell you something. If you see one food vendor that's there every single night, they must be doing well enough to make it worthwhile. If you see somebody that's hit and miss, what's, the, what's, what's their deal? But you'll also see the traffic patterns begin to develop with people. Now, the other part that I could have done, and if I had hung out down there and made it my mission to know that place inside and out before I even started, I would have looked at where on the pier people congregated. Were there certain craft booths that got more traffic than others? Because certainly if you can draft off traffic in a shopping center, I can also draft off traffic in a uh, you know, festival-type environment. Because if I'm next to things where people are stopping and looking, they're also going to stop and look right in front of me. And I might even be able to give them a drink or an ice cream or something while they're stopping and looking. So you have to look at all these things through the eyes of almost like an investigator. You're trying to find out how many people are down there. And by, by finding out, you know, even by finding out that doing a traffic study, if I knew that another successful vendor saw 50 people a night and I knew that the lowest priced item on their offerings was $5 or $8, I could essentially project out what type of income or what type of revenue they were making, not necessarily income because income and revenue are different, but I could project out what type of revenue they were looking at. That would have told me a lot. But instead, I didn't. I asked the wrong questions. I showed up at sunset, and I walked through, and I acted like a customer and a tourist rather than somebody who's scoping out the joint to see if it's where I want to be and and try to give myself the best strategic advantage. So I did all that um, thinking I was researching and doing the best I could do. And, you know, you do the best you can with what you know. And when you know better, you do better. And so the very next time I will, uh, you know, do anything like this, I have a whole different set of criteria that I need to have a place meet. And I have a whole different evaluation process. You know, I just tried this um, kind of because I felt like it was the best way for me to go ahead and get cash flow coming in. And in the right season, boy, it could have given me a really false impression of what I could do. If I started, can you imagine if I started in February and it was like, bam, an immediate hit. And then I got down to May and June. And then after having such success, business falls off and I wouldn't have known what to do. I wouldn't have been prepared for that. So I am thankful that I've struggled in the beginning and I've gone through the slow season because now I know what to expect. I also know what the low season looks like. I know what the bottom is because I I know what the bottom is because I've been on the bottom. So I know what to expect there. So now next year I'll be better prepared for it. But I should have mingled and talked to people more. You know, I could have even talked to tourists there. I could have made it my goal to talk to 25 tourists every single night and to ask them, 
is there something down here food or drink wise that you would have purchased if you had found it but you don't find it you know is there something that should be here in your eyes that's not and see what they came up with they're the customers they know what they're looking for now granted they probably all would have said bottled water because I get a hundred requests a night for bottled water and I have to explain you know go through the whole rigmarole of I can't serve it here because I don't make it and, and that sort of thing so it's funny I could be a millionaire if I could sell bottled water it's not that not that difficult so anyway those are the types of things that I should have done and will I be more prudent with my next venture yes I will um, and even then when you say my next venture I ultimately want to um, either replicate my business model, do something uh, kind of related to it that it will also appeal to local. And so, I mean, I have a bigger vision for where I want to go with what I'm doing. And I've learned some valuable lessons. And so I, I, I tell you what I've learned and what I wish I had known. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is, is that sometimes I think we rely too much on people to give us information rather than us going out and finding out what really um, the true story is. And even just going around and talking to people. You know, people only know from their perspective. And there are, there are frankly, some people that are quite oblivious. It's interesting because I asked, um, there's another vendor that has uh, been, you know, we're on friendly terms and that sort of thing, and, and that vendor has been there longer than I have and gone through, you know, all the seasons and that sort of thing and is now in multiple years of being down there. The product that they sell is one essentially one product. And while they have a slower season and a busier season, it does okay all year long. But I asked the other day, I said, what is your best night ever? What is your best day ever out here? And I was shocked at the answer. I was absolutely flabbergasted. The answer was, I don't know. I don't keep track of it. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe that because I thought, well, I thought, number one, that that's clearly not somebody that needs money or needs to know, I mean, is not evaluating their business. But to not know if you, I mean, if, if you know, you know what, oh, I, I'm just speechless even with that because it, it drives me crazy because if you don't know what your best is and you don't know what your best day is, I mean, how do you even, how do you project, you know, how much inventory to buy? I mean, it affects so many things not knowing um, your best, what's your best and what's your worst and what's your average. I mean, revenue-wise, I guess she focuses on inventory and doesn't focus on revenue. Um, but I would have expected a dollar amount when I said, what is your best day? Because I know I have to. At the end, I mean, I, I know exactly how much change, or it's really not coin change, it's dollar change, how much change I go to the pier with every day. And it's not a set amount. It's, you know, I, I have to make sure I have, you know, some singles and some fives and some tens, and then I keep a couple of 20s uh, also just in case somebody gives me a 50. And last night, two people gave me 50s. Can you believe that? So, um, that, and those kind of things can clean you out if you're not prepared. And so I try to prepare, but then I get thrown overboard sometimes by people giving me 100 or 50 or whatever. But I know I, I document every single day on a spreadsheet how many 
20s I went with, how many 5s, how many 10s, how many 1s. Um, and then at the end of every day, I look at what I came home with. And then I document any expenses that I had that I put out that would have come out of that cash, kind of like petty cash, so to speak, that I um, had. And so at the end of every day, I know what I netted. And I know, and that's that's why I can tell you that my business is growing, you know, slowly, but surely it is growing. We are heading in the right direction. But if I didn't keep up with these things, I would simply get lost in any, you know, customer coming up to my desk, my, my desk, my booth could be, they could be asking for directions to the toilet. And if I'm just looking at, you know, my overall traffic, I could think, oh my gosh, I did, I did a lot. I talked to a lot. I saw a lot of people tonight, but if I'm not looking at those dollars, how am I going to know if I have a viable business? How am I going to know if my pricing is right? How do, how am I going to know if I'm actually making money or not? I mean, that's the whole reason I'm down there, not down there as a charity, um, you know, event or anything like that. So, I was shocked that somebody doesn't works down there. And and the other part that scared me about that was mainly you're dealing with an all cash business. I do take credit cards, but I might run one credit card a night, one out of 30 or whatever people I see a night. So it's not, I mean, granted, that's not a huge part of my business. And I think it will probably increase as our volume increases, but you're dealing with a largely cash business and you're not keeping track of things. And don't get me wrong, I'm not the most organized person in the world. I really struggle to keep myself organized and to make myself stick with, I have to stick with the systems that work because I know in my own mind I would be the ADD person that I am and I would be all over the place and I would be haphazard this and that and the other. And, um, you know, at the same time, uh, keeping track of where you are and keeping track of what you make also allows me to start building the historicals. I mean, I started a business with no historicals. I started it at a time where it's the lowest of the tourist season. So now I can start building that spreadsheet. And, uh, you know, I granted, I know people use QuickBooks and all that. And eventually I will go to something like that. But I, um, at this point, I started with a spreadsheet because it was easiest for me to start that way and to just plug in my formulas, let things auto-populate, and try to systematize that as much as possible. So one of the last things I do before I leave the house every day is I count what money I'm taking with me and I know each denomination, and then that way, if there's a problem, I can kind of go back and look and see where I'm off. You know, it, it could be possible that I give somebody the wrong change. It can happen, especially when you're not in a cash register situation, and you're just doing everything in your head, and someone gives you a 20, and you look, and you go, oh, they're $8 is what their total was. I give them back 10, 12. Before you know it, you've given them back $13 instead of 12, or, you, you know, you somehow mess up, miscount, or something like that. So it can happen. So everything doesn't always, you know, isn't always going to balance perfectly. But I have a good idea every day what I, I know exactly what I take and I know exactly what I come home with. And then I know in the meantime, you know, did I have to pay $2 out of my cash for ice? Or like last night, I had to, I gave um, some money to um, a collection for some uh, special needs kids for Christmas. So I gave some money, some cash out of that. So I knew what I had given out. And at the same time, every time I make a deposit, I document that on my spreadsheet. So I keep track of all that because I'm building historicals. And so now this time next year, I can look and I can see, are we 
above this past year? Are we below this past year? Am I about status quo? And I did talk to another vendor um, last week, and he was talking about how low uh, the, the season was right now. And he said he looked back at his books from last year, and these were definitely two very slow weeks. So it, I like it whenever people have that data and that have that information. And the thing is, I should have built an entire repository of data that I myself collected from being down at the pier and staking out the place. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you are building a business and you are, even if you're not in a tourist area, there are going to be some uh, ebbs and flows with your business. And it might be, it might not even be seasons of the year. It might not even be months of the year. It might be days of the week. It might be hours of the day. And in fact, you might, you're going to have all of that because no brick and mortar business has a steady traffic flow all day long. That's never, uh, varies from hour to hour or day to day. So there's going to be that. So it's important to pay attention to those types of things. And with that being said, if you are looking and especially Please, please heed my advice. If you are looking at leasing, renting, buying, whatever you're going to do to put up a brick-and-mortar business, please stake it out. Collect your own data. At the very least, don't depend on a traffic study from two years ago to tell you, and, and not just that, an advertiser's traffic study, right? Because the advertisers are the ones that are doing the traffic studies so they can sell you 30,000 cars a day come by this location. Well, you know what? Go out there during the busy time or during the slow time, maybe even both, and count them. How many cars go by? How many could you count? Keep track. I mean, you can take a clicker out there like they use, uh, like the uh, umpires and that sort of thing use in baseball and, you know, just click or, or like they do at the door of some sort of events and that sort of thing. Take you a counter and click every time you see a car and do it for a defined period of time and see what you get. Are you getting the same numbers they're getting? Because what you're seeing with your eyes is what you will be looking at drive past your location if you are brick and mortar. If you get that spot, don't just look at that spot. Go to your neighbors. Ask about, ask about the management company. Ask about the leasing company. Are they easy to work with? Are they responsive? Do they fix things when there's a problem? Have you had any issues? Um, how's your traffic flow? Uh, what, you know, you, you, you want to talk about all those things. Is there, what, what kind of signage is going to go out there? What are you allowed to do? What are you allowed to have? Can you, you know, do you have neighbors there that you can collaborate with? I mean, you might end up, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you might end up next to a terribly uh, abrasive business owner next door to you that you don't even, it's going to make your life miserable from the get-go. Better to find that out now until you've signed a one-year lease or a two-year or four-year or five-year lease on a building that you're into now. So find out all those things. Find out how much, you know, traffic comes through. Find out. Uh, what type of stores and what type of businesses are in your location. If you're in an office complex and you want to put a, a business in there that's not kind of compatible with that, will there be enough traffic for you to draw? You know, it might be that some of your neighbors might be your best customers. I don't know. 
But what you want to do is you need to answer all of these questions. Please don't rely on other people to tell you because they will tell you from their perspective. The realtor, the, uh, the person trying to sell you uh, on the building or whatever is going to tell you, oh, so many thousand cars a day come through here. You know, you got to find out for yourself. You got to talk to people. You got to get the boots on the ground. You really do. And if you do that and you collect the data and it still points to that same direction or it even validates some of the other data that people have given you, then great. At least you know what to expect. I did things all wrong, but I did the best I could. I thought, I mean, I'm a, I'll be honest with you, I'm a very shy person normally. I could, you know, if you were on an airplane flight with me, I would come in and I would sit in my seat and I would put my headphones on or I would get my neck pillow out and I would be uh, completely invisible for the entire flight. I wouldn't be one of those that would ask you how you doing, what you do, where are you from, where are you going. Those conversations wouldn't happen. I'm just, I'm a natural introvert. I have to force myself to be an extrovert down at the pier and to talk to people and be jovial and and that sort of thing. And and I I can make myself do that. But naturally, I'm a shy person. So it's hard for me to play hardball and to go in um, and say, you know, can can somebody uh, give me a resource that will help me? And can somebody point me to who I need to speak to to talk to about this, that, or the other? And I didn't do that, and I should have at the very beginning. I should have gone down and collected the data myself. I should have been interested in the data. I should have wanted to know exactly what was going on down there because what goes on and what you observe could be largely different than what another vendor will tell you is going on because they have a different agenda, and they might want you to believe that they're not doing very well, and they are doing very well, or they might want you to believe that this is a worthless uh, venture and that you're going to lose money, and you better just go ahead and cut your losses now. And so they're going to tell you things that are a little bit skewed. So realize that you collecting the data is your surest way to ensure your success, your most effective way of gleaning the information that you need to make logical business decisions based on data is you collecting it yourself. And so with that being said, there's so many other lessons I have learned, and, and I'll, I'll begin sharing these as we go along. Um, I'm not done learning yet, I can tell you that. There's going to be things I'm going to continue doing and continue tweaking, and I will be working very hard to make sure that I am successful and that I am going to be profitable in my business. And I'll share other people's stories as well. So um, these things are going to keep coming along. But please take my advice. And you might not have ever even thought about doing a foot traffic study or a, like in in my situation, the thought never dawned on me to just hang out on the pier in an obscure corner and count somebody's customers with their booth. You know, it never occurred to me, it never dawned on me to do that. It never dawned on me to go down there over multiple days and do more than just walk through and buy something from somebody and try to strike up a conversation. Never occurred to me. And I would do it very differently now. I would view it like I'm a private detective or a private investigator, and I would be going down, staking out. I would try to observe behaviors. I would see, you know, who gets the most business. I would I would know all that information and have a better idea of what's going on in any environment before I stepped into it. So learn from me, take my words of advice, and uh, and go and build your own business. It's a great time to do it. It's a great time to leave uh, whatever job or 
situation is dragging you down and make a clean start. And I want you to be as successful as you can possibly be. So with that being said, if you need a website for any endeavor that you're doing, um, then, and you know, you can do so much with a website. Even if you're thinking about something, thinking about starting something, you can get a website and then you can put like a splash page or something on that website that would just say, um, you know, just to send people to and, you know, determine interest, you know, would, if it doesn't matter if, if it's local, it might be, um, if you are interested in knowing when the latest, uh, pie shop in Key West opens up, you know, put in your email address here and we'll let you know it's coming shortly or something like that. You can put that up and you can start collecting email addresses of people that are interested in your product so that once you get it launched and once you get it out there, you can then go back to people and say, hey, we're open for business or hey, we have this product and you said you were interested and come on down and see us. So there's a lot of things you can do with a website and to, to kind of do even in the pre- Uh, advanced pre-launch stages of your business so brickandmortarreporter.com forward slash website will take you where you need to go to get your website and once you do that if you uh, go ahead and purchase a website I will go ahead and send you a bonus of some very useful plugins that will get you started in your uh, online adventure so kind of trying to just give you a little bit of focus with the plugins because you can get lost in the weeds there so BrickandMortarReporter.com forward slash website. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. Local.